Singing that with conviction means it comes from the soul. For that is a concept that you have within your life that it is well with our soul because our life we're striving to have in harmony with the will of God and doing His will. Tying in a little bit with this morning's lesson and then into this evening as well on some of the goals that we set. We are planning to have a Fishers of Men course at the end of August, August 28th on a Monday night. We've asked for times that would be convenient for most of you, and we've gotten all kinds of responses like zero back. Uh, as what times would be the best, it's two and a half hours, so right now we're looking probably like at 6 o'clock on a Monday evening to 8.30. And we're also trying to make arrangements that we can, if we need to, for those who have small children who would, be, would want to come, the parents would, of having something for them here at the building as well. So be mindful of that. If you have a conflict with 6 o'clock to 8.30 on Monday evening, please let us know. We were trying to find the most convenient time for most of us. We're not going to find a, con- a time that is convenient for all of us. But we want to do the best that we can in arranging that time. We're also trying to make arrangements with the speaker to come and talk to us on a Sunday evening, maybe the end of this month, to encourage us and to challenge us to get ready for the Fishers of Men course. And again, I know some of you will not be able to attend because of health or because of health reasons or one reason or another. But during that period of time, you can keep the the class in your prayers and petitioning God as that work unfolds there. Paul, in writing to the Romans, in chapters 14 and 15, as well as in 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 Corinthians 10, talks about some problems that we encounter and problems that we face in dealing with a body of believers that come from a variety of backgrounds, of education, social standing, a host of things, ethnic groups and so forth, of how we learn to work together, understanding children, moving towards young adults, moving towards mature adults, moving towards older adults, considering the rate of growth in spiritual growth, that it varies as well from one to another, progress and regression at times, challenge to come back again and so forth. It's a challenge in trying to learn how we do this in a way that would honor and glorify God. So Paul in Romans 14 and 15 deals with that in the, in the cases that they faced during their day. may not be the same cases we faced during our day, but the principle is definitely given, given to us. I want to look particularly over in the 15th chapter of Romans, starting in verse 1. I'll read the text and we'll go back over that in a little bit. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, looking to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, 
that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of peace, God of patience and comfort, grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth, may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ received us, to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall raise, rise up to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were dealing with Jew and Gentile. And there was a deep-seated hatred, basically on both sides, towards each other. The Jews thought they were superior. They were God's chosen people. God has blessed them individually, if you will, as people, to glorify the world. And anyone who was not a Jew was simply considered a Gentile, anybody who's outside the realm of the Jewish faith. And since the Gentiles were despised by the Jews, the Gentiles despised the Jews. And looked with disfavor upon them and looked for any reason or any cause to afflict harm upon them. And to have known the scripture that the lion will lay down with the lamb. There are those who look for a literal fulfillment of that and never really saw its fulfillment on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and Peter going to the house of Cornelius in Acts 10. That those who despised one another found themselves because of the blood of Jesus Christ, of being brother and sister in Christ. Those barriers were brought down. Those that were antagonistic would share with those who were less antagonistic. The lion indeed would lay down with the lamb. They would be one. There would be no fear there. But it was a struggle. They came from different backgrounds. They had different upbringings. They had different ways of doing things, different likes and dislikes. And they had to learn to work together. And it would be hard for some of those. Things that they have always avoided. 
are now being told that is acceptable as a child of God. And those who thought they were superior found out they were on equal basis with those that they looked upon as being inferior. And it was hard for those to work with each other. So again, Romans 14 and 15 dealt with a lot of that with the Jew and the Gentile. Also, 1 Corinthians 8 and, and chapter 10 deal with, deals with the same sort of thing. What do you do with the weak and the strong? What are the weak supposed to do? And what are the strong supposed to do? How are they to interact with one another? Basically, the key is found there in verse 3 of Romans 15. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Even Christ did not please himself. It's hard for us to even begin to try to imagine what that had to be like. Paul in Philippians 2, 5 through 11 tries to describe it a little bit for us. But even that is hard for us to grasp the reality of that. Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Who did not think equality with God a thing to be grasped, but was willing to empty himself and to take on the form of a servant. And to be obedient to the point of death, yea, even death on the cross. Have this mind in you, this attitude that was in Christ Jesus. This is how we deal with differences with one another. We do not have the identical situation in today's society as they did then, but we still have those differences that surround us and are magnified in a variety of different ways in our society. Think about Christ. You think about him leaving the glory of heaven. You think about him not counting equality with God, a thing to be held on to, to be grasped. But was willing to give that up. To whom? He gave it up for you. And for me. Well that's easier to understand. Because we are those who as we've gathered together this this evening. Have indicated some indication or some desire. Of wanting to serve Christ and God. There's a multitude out there at this time who have not chosen to be inside a building where the worship to God is being given. But he died for those that are outside these walls. He left equality with God for those as well. He left equality with those that would despise him, ultimately crucify him, spat upon him, and would reject them. With their dying breath, deny that he was ever the Son of God. But he died for them. That they could have a hope of eternal life. That's what comes down to you and I. Is having that hope 
of eternal life with God one day. But that only comes when we're willing to take that same attitude that Jesus expressed. He did not come to please himself. As you read the Gospels, that's what you're reading is his life, what he was willing to do. Read through the Gospels, read how many times he was wearied, how many times he rose in the early morning. Withdrew himself in Luke 5 verse 16. He often withdrew himself into the wilderness to pray. But any time the sick came, he was there. Any time a group gathered who wanted to be taught, he taught. He was always there to meet their needs. He wasn't here to please himself. Hard attitude for us to comprehend. Hard attitude for us to at times to implement to put into action within our life. That's what we're here for. Not here to please ourselves. We're here to be servants of God by serving one another. By meeting those various needs as they arise. And wanting to take care of those needs. And these things were written for our learning. And as with most learnings, we find out that that really comes with patience. But we are of the nature of wanting patience now. We are of the nature of wanting patience before we really need patience. You've heard me make the statement before, I prayed for patience and God gave me three children. I quit praying for patience. And I've asked people at times... I'm praying for patience. How do you expect to gain patience? Think about what you ask for at times. How do you expect to gain patience? You're going to be in situations where you're going to need to exercise patience. Drive the Metroplex, you'll find that one out. You get to exercise patience. Sad commentary on our society, is it not? The fatal road rage is on the increase substantially in the Metroplex as well as across the country. Time and time again, we're reading more and more about road rage. I do not mind exercising patience with you as long as you are a patient person. It's hard to exercise patience when you when you're an impatient person. Is that not true? But we're being asked to exercise patience in being the child of God. We're dealing particularly with Christians here in Romans 14 and 15. But it has its application outside that as well. And it's really difficult at times for us to grasp that. These were written for our patience and for our comfort. As I read down through the scriptures, as I read the example after example after example that is given in the scriptures, I learn more and more about God. And the more I learn about God, the more I learn I have much more to learn about God. How God could be so patient 
were thus. He bore with the Israelites 40 years in the wilderness. How could he be patient with them? Yes, they were dealt a fate. And they suffered the consequence of a decision that they made. But he still patiently cared for them. That's the part sometimes we miss. God still working in the lives or for the lives of individuals who are at the time in rebellion to God. His providence. How do we understand it? How, do, how does it work within our life? He's in control of the universe. He's in control of the world in which we live. He brings kings to rise and kings to fall. Nations to rise and nations to fall. They're all a part of his plan and his will. And we don't fully understand that. We don't understand a lot of, time, a lot of times the things that happen for us are to help us to grow. A lot of times it's to help us to develop patience. A lot of times it's to help us to absolutely let go and let God. That's hard to do. Let go and let God. Let God work. His will has been worked out. We fight against it so much because we want to walk by sight with that physical eye. And it's hard for us to learn to develop this quality called patience. But through the scriptures, we've learned to have hope. If he could spare the Ninevites, if he could work through ungodly nations, if he could give them time to turn, I have hope. He's given me everything that I need, yes, to go from here to eternity with Him. And we stumble and we fall along the way, but He's given us avenues to bring us back. And it's hard for us at times to develop patience. What you get to. Mothers are very patient individuals. Was not always patient having to be up with a sick child all Saturday night when I knew Sunday morning was coming. That had no problem doing that. But learn to have patience. Learn some lessons along the way. Why is that there? What am I learning from this? I don't want to learn those lessons. Oh, but I need them. Well, I was going to say I needed to learn patience because God gave me you. <laughs> but it may be that you need patience because you got me. <laughs> so you may have to work with that one as well. I'm just saying we do not understand how God works. But I know he works. And that's part of what it is with weak and, and strong Christians. It's what he talks about so many times. You help somebody else because there may be a time when you need help. And somebody else will be able to return that help. And we never know how that is. And it's hard for us to at times accept that graciously in our lives. 
But God has a way of giving us those opportunities that we may develop that. Learn to, to deal with one another. The God of patience and comfort will grant to you to be like-minded. God gives you that ability to have patience. It's God given to us for that we could be like-minded towards one another. Why? Why are we, God helping us to be like-minded towards one another? Because it's according to Christ Jesus. What it came for. Came to take the enemies and make them friends. Come to take the foes and make them family. Come to take those that despise one another. For they could develop a deep, deep love for each other. And we find that out. We keep finding that out. And we will continue to find that out. The longer that we stay together. The longer that we develop these qualities that are being discussed here in Romans 15. The more that we will grow in love for each other. And the more that we grow in love for each other, the deeper we will appreciate each other. And we will see qualities in each other that we haven't seen before. Strong bearing with the weak. The weak not judging the strong. That's hard to do. That's what we want to do. I want to judge your motives. I want to tell you why you're not doing what you ought to be doing. I do not know all the details. And so patience comes in. And as with in the human race, in the physical world, we understand it takes a great deal of time for us to work through that. So that we can have that love for one another. That we could be with one mind and one mouth. That we together, as we learn to work with each other, as we learn to deal with each other, as we learn to help each other along the way, as we've learned to challenge each other along the way, that we may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. We're here to glorify God. We're to be a people that are glorifying God. We're to be a people that as, as we glorify God and serve each other and serve the communities in which we live and in the world in which we live, we're letting our light shine that men may see the good works that we do and glorify our Father in heaven. It boggles the mind of the communities that you can be here, be of the same mind, have the same compassion for one another, have the willingness to sacrifice for one another, and the world does not understand that. Why would you be willing to go to the extremes that you do for each other and not understand the basis for it? It's only because God did that with us. He bore with us that we could grow to be more godlike in our life. So therefore we receive one another just as Christ we received us. There's another key involved in that. Our dealing with each other is the fact that that's how God deals with us. God, as Christ has received us to the glory of the Father. That he wasn't ashamed to be called, to call them brothers. 
He wasn't ashamed to be identified with them. He came into this world and took on flesh. He was willing to identify with us. And cannot we bear with one another? He bore with us. He took us when we were in rebellion to him. And some of us in our life where we took longer to become Christians than than did others, we understand that to a degree. How long he bear with us as we rejected him, as we despised him, as we spat upon him, as we cursed his name. He was still there. And when the time was right, the seed germinated and brought forth its fruit. Christ was a servant to the circumcision and to the Gentiles. He served that they may be one. Again, everything that the world is searching for, everything that the world is striving to legislate laws for, everything the world is trying to enforce upon us is only found in Jesus Christ our Lord. A oneness. One body. One faith. One hope. One mind. One mouth. All to be used for the glory of God. We're His people. We stand together. We work together. And we glorify God in everything that we do. That is our task. That is our challenge. And it is only achieved when we are willing to bring Christ our broken life. So marred by sin. It's only when we surrender... God has done his part, far exceeded what he needs to do because of his love for you. Ours is to do our part. Ours is to bring Christ, our broken life. Let him make whole again. He will restore and he will create anew. He's God. And he cares enough about you that he patiently waits for you. Giving you all opportunity that you need. But the patience one day will run out. And judgment day will begin. Ours is to prepare while it is still called today. As you look at your life, as you look at your heart, where are you in the light of the word of God? In light of the gospel that he gave his life for your sins. That you, through repentance of those sins, confession of him as the Savior, obedience to him and baptism for the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, to be raised to walk that new life. Where are you? Are you a child that's gone back into the world and needs to return home to the Father? He stands ready to receive and to restore and to make whole again. Bring Christ to your broken life. If you be subject to that invitation, if we could assist you, if we could help you. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.